I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. score.com and the 100.7 the score mobile app jeff in for choice sitting alongside virtually the one and only chris need and uh clint scott across the way slide and slide pushing buttons for us as he does every day here on the program uh yeah what now i'm just i'm tired man pourquoi I'm tired of the losing. I'm tired uh, of being trailing in the first quarter. I'm tired of I'm tired of effort that isn't getting you anywhere. Because there's a lot of things you can say about this Lady Raider basketball team. Okay. They're trying. Like I don't okay. think they've given up. I don't get the impression that they've given up. Okay. Um I have a, a great impression that they're not very good. And you know, I, I I said this yesterday. I'll say it again today. This is a team that was had pieces. Um, it had pieces, I, but there were a lot of holes on this team. And, yeah. and this, I think that that Krista would would probably say the same thing at the beginning of this year. But even with the holes that this team has. You should be able to to beat a depleted Oklahoma State roster. There is, I said yesterday, there's not a player probably on on the on the Central Florida roster that you want on your team. That being said, I mean you got beat pretty handily by both of them, and that's the problem that uh, she faces. There's there's too many there's too many holes, and. I mean, let's face it. I, I, I mean, they've got, they need to get deep into the transfer portal, uh, and and the, the problem with the transfer portal is sometimes that you know that you you know you don't know what you're getting. And, you know, I don't think, and I'm not going to say this because I don't have the the knowledge to say this. Uh, I I don't know what the transfer portal is like in the women's game. We have a pretty good idea what it's like in the men's game, but we just don't know from a standpoint of what it's like in the women's game. I think the drop-off in women's basketball from the elite player to the average player is much more pronounced than it is in the men's game. I don't disagree. I, mean, the, I, I don't disagree a, with that at all. There's a reason why the the women's game has one or two or three really, really dominant, great, super elite teams, and then there's a bunch of average right after that. And that's not to dog women's athletics. I, I think that the – the 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 Angel Reese's and the Caitlin Clark's are a th- those those players are more of a, they're more the exception on the women's side than the real I mean it, there's you see guys like, like like Tyler Perry that can go from a North Texas to to K State and be the dominant player right off the bat you know we a guy like Adonis Arms comes to Texas Tech from a from a mid major and can Tariq do that Owens, uh, yeah Matt Mooney. 
uh, yeah. Mac McClung. We can go through the list of guys we we've had that. come in. The the number of, I think in in the women's game when when a on the women's side, and this is not to knock at all uh, women's athletics. I think that when a women's a, a player is in a D two D three situation, they are there for a reason. Um, and sometimes a guy, you know, can end up in a, a guy like Adonis arm can end up in a D two situation simply because of the numbers game. I mean, there's just not enough opportunities. I just don't know that the numbers are there on the women's side. And you say, well, we'll go check out the, we'll grab this girl from Angelo state and she'll come up here and you know, she's dominant there. Well, maybe she's dominant there because she's dominant for D two and you can't do that. I mean, you, but you find that the number in the men's side, is just different. It just falls different. And I don't know if that makes it's a sexist statement to make that. I'm sorry. I'll be out. I said I'm a father of daughters. You know, I've got three daughters that, that that played athletics and 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 you know you can see the limitation, but you can also see the separation. You know, so uh, on the women's basketball side, there's a reason why the the dominant teams are dominant. And it doesn't take that much to make the next step forward, but the number of opportunities you have to take that next step forward with a talent acquisition are limited. That, oh, that's the reason. There's a reason why, you know, uh, Kim Mulkey is coming to look at a hitch office. There's a reason why every, every major college women's basketball program has in, in the, in the United States has come to Lubbock, Texas to watch her play because she's a legit talent and they don't fly across the country to see average talent. Yeah. They're not going to see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna come and see her because she's a game changer. She's a, she's a, uh, she can, she's a program changer, and you know, I mean, you're already starting to hear people bang on uh, on Krista if if they let this kid get out of town. It's the, it's not like you know she's, you know, it's it's not it's, like she's unrecruited. Yeah, I mean, it's it's she's not she's not you know Tammy two star. I mean, she is you know she is this is a legit five star prospect that's down the street, and you know. If she goes to a UConn or an LSU or a South Carolina, it's because she's that good. And, you know, I mean, if you think she's going to give the hometown discount to Texas Tech, you know, I'll, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. But then the other thing you have Maybe to, 15 to years it. ago, and I mean yeah. that because the college atmosphere was different then, that yeah. that would have happened. But this is a different world we're living in with NIL. And, yeah, I'm saying that's my next point. The NIL portion of this, if she comes to Texas Tech, then you know that we stepped up on the NIL game. And 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 we're going to have to. And that's just, it's not, uh, it's the reality of it. And, I mean, we're going to have to build our program either that way through the transfer portal or NIL. And I, I don't want this to be misunderstood. Um, I am never going to fault a place. Uh, Lubbock area student that wants to get out of town because there's a reason I went 500 miles away from where I grew up. The University of Houston was not on my top 100 list when I was getting out of high school. I needed to get away from things that were in Houston at the time. I love my father. My father is a great man. He and I needed to not live in the same city anymore. We needed to be in separate roofs. We needed to be hours away from each other so that we could go visit and it would be special, but then one of us would go home. And I am not the only person that felt that way when it was time to leave for college. When I left, I never went back. Uh, I That first summer I was here and had a roommate in an apartment. 
Okay, there I know enough kids that were like that growing up across the board that needed to get out of. And this is not to say that it was a bad situation, but it was heading toward the bad situation that you didn't want to have happen. When uh, britches get bigger than they need to be in some cases, and some britches were too big already. Like all of that entails. And if the kid is recruited and chooses to go someplace else, that's not the coach's fault. Yeah, the that kid is, gets that to make a, their choice. A hard, a hard and fast. Here's, now, here's my only beef with that. I've got, you know, I. It, it, it kind of flies all over me when you've got kids, you know, when uh, there's the local coaches. Um, they don't want, you know, when they get a five star kid, they're in a big hurry to ship them out of town. Um, and so that they can get that notch and say, yeah, I got kids at UT. I got kids at A&M. I got kids at blah, 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 blah. Oh, sure. But when they've got a one-star kid, you know, that's a kid that's college ready as a college app, you know, he's, he's, he's a division one type of kid, but he's not necessarily a power five type of kid. And you don't give that kid a, a scholarship. Now they dog cuss you to the world. Yeah. Well, everyone's called this guy, except for Texas tech. Uh, no, everyone hasn't called your kid. You know, we've seen some of those kids. Uh, and so that's when I lose, you know, I lose it with the local coaches when they do stuff like that. And they do that a lot. That's happened quite a bit. Now, it's happened. It's it's getting better where the local kids get a chance to stay home. But kids may not want to stay here. Right. But, uh, and when, if when the it, coaches didn't know the player existed that mm-hmm. ends up going to a D1 school, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the problem. I'll tell you this. In this day and age of in, in, instant uh, – uh, everything. Um, if a coach didn't call your kid, if they don't know your kid's name, if you're if your kid's a senior year in high school and a Division One coach doesn't know your name, there's a reason for that. And it's not it's not the one because he didn't try. If you're if there's any type of uh, vetting for uh, for that, yeah, there's a reason why. The reason is is that you're not listening to the bottom line. That's what it is. Like if you were listening to the bottom line more. You'd be fine as we're sitting here on 100.7 The Score. Kaylee's Dailies on the way next with Sneed in Kansas City. Clint Scott behind the glass. Jeff McGuire in for Choice Woodman, who will be in for Gus on Tech Talk. It's 100.7 The Score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. The score 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff and for choice sitting virtually alongside Chris Sneed and Clint Scott across the way. Slide and slides. You can join us on the Yates Florence Center chat line 107thescore.com or the 100.7 The Score mobile app. You can also visit, give us a call on the Visual Edge IT hotline 806 771 This thought off the Yates Florence Center chat line, Sneed, before we get to Kaylee's Dailies. Uh, letting us know from Lindale Jeff that uh, we are a very popular program because he went into the restaurant to freshen up, but he got his lunch to go so he could listen to the show. So we appreciate you, Lindell Jeff. I appreciate you, Lindell. Lindell Jeff, also, uh, Saturday is going to be awesome in Arlington pregame party at Texas uh, Live at noon. Uh, Texas whoops Nebraska at 3 and then 7 on a huge screen. Texas Live. McClung wins another dunk title. Gonna be nuts. 
I could uh, sign up for. Yeah, I, I saw that McClung was going to be in that again. That's pretty cool. I guess as a defending champ, you have to. But he's he's up, he's, he's representing the Magic this year, I believe. I think he's that's si- right. Yeah, um, I, I, I'll uh, be honest. I've lost track to which affiliate he is associated with now. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's playing with the uh, um, the Magic uh, D League, G League, whatever they call it, the G League team in Florida. Osceola, the Osceola Magic. Yeah. Uh, did, however, greatly appreciate his creativity last year. Uh, that was, that, that, that's that been missing league. in the dunk contest, in my opinion. The, yeah. the creativity has been lacking, and he brought it back with bigness, and I wonder how much more creative he can be this yeah. year. Uh, Mr. Schneed, are you ready? Uh, does the Pope wear a funny hat? <laughs> just like a headband thing kaka kaka uh flint uh happy see uh kaylee says oh by the way kaylee's dailies brought to you of always by me uh kaylee says happy national hippo day y'all hippo uh, Hippos. Don't uh, want to be messing we, we with know them. that these semi-aquatic mammals are known for their large size, being noted as the third largest terrestrial mammal in the world. But what else do we know about these elusive creatures? They poop a lot. They are uh, vicious. They are extremely territorial. Well, well, well let's see. Let's find out. Uh, well, you asked the question. I was sure. giving you my they are, they are large, coming in at over? Uh, one ton. 9,000 pounds. That's four tons. Yes. Four tons. They spend the majority of their time in the shallow waters of the East African ecosystem. There are two species of hippos, the common hippo and the pygmy hippo. Yeah, the pygmies are much, like, significantly smaller. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Even though those hippies spend most of their time in the water, they don't actually swim that well. No, they just, uh, can. the water helps hold their, their massive weight up. They are known for using their buoyant bodies to bounce through the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? Um, despite these giants having aggressively uh, aggressive tendencies for approaching enemies, they are uh, enjoy a uh, herbivorous lifestyle with green fruits and grasses. Did you know that hippos don't sweat like we do? Well, yeah, because they're in the water. They have what's known as blood sweat, which is a pink substance they se- secrete to cool down. Blood sweat. Horse name? Yeah. Definite horse name. No. Horse, no, blood sweat, definite horse name. Okay. Definite, or <laughs> or crayon color. I was I was told that we were running it into the ground, so uh, yeah, I'm, well, trying, I'm trying to be more judicious with our The our guy that's name. calling the game, or calling the horse race, is allowed to mention any horse name he wants to mention. I don't think we're running it into the ground. I think our listener just hates me, so it doesn't really matter. National, happy National Hippo Day, people. It's a hippo. Do you think blood sweat is kind of like in the old Gatorade commercials when you could sweat the Gatorade? I always wanted to uh, do that. Yeah. Blood sweat. So if um, a hippo is crying, does that mean that they're now a, a 70s rock group? Blood, sweat, and tears? I'm sorry, your dad joke's coming up later in the day. but uh, So, so it's going to say, give that man a rim shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. Uh, still feeling good about this weekend, Sneed, for the Red Raider baseball team? 
I'd like to think that uh, two wins on the weekend wouldn't be too much to ask. I think this is a – I would feel pretty good about this team coming out of here with two wins. I would feel really good if this team came out of here with two wins and one of them was Tennessee. Yes. In fact, I might feel really good about this team if you have one win coming out of this weekend and it's Tennessee. I would feel bad about that because if you have if you have one win, you beat Tennessee, and then you lose the two teams that you probably should win, I'll not feel great. Right. I, I, yeah. The I other will, side of that, though, is it is still baseball. It is still baseball. There's still um, that thing in baseball, unlike other sports, where one guy can decide, no, no, you don't get to hit today. You yeah. can try, but you will fail. No, well, let's find out. I mean, well, I'm sure. looking forward to finding out about tomorrow. Uh, and uh, that game will be at 6.30 over on Double T 97.3. We've been asked a question on uh, Jamie's question of the day between the morning show and the show yesterday here. Uh, Most difficult game for the remaining of the Red Raider basketball season, and almost the unanimous answer is Iowa State on Saturday. Uh, Without question. I mean, if you win that game, oh boy, Um, I think it'll be – even if Tech played as well as they played on on Monday, I think it will be difficult to go there. You would probably need to have someone do what Darren Williams did and have that type of dominant performance from the Red Raiders. Someone has to take over a game for Tech. Someone has to be a guy they can't stop. Um, you know, Hilton is going to be on fire again. It's going to be Hilton. That's what they're going yeah. to be. And I, I mentioned this this morning on the morning drive. I very much want to go watch a game there that Tech isn't playing in. Well, it would, yeah, that'd be cool. Because <laughs> then but I would I mean, get to enjoy the with, atmosphere as opposed with, to dreading everything that's going on. You know, but the, the fact of the matter is you're going up there after knocking off Kansas, and not only knocking off Kansas, really destroying Kansas. You're going to have their full attention. And um, it's it's not like you're going to be able to sneak into town and pull an upset. Um these folks, they have full uh, full knowledge of what you just did to KU. Right, and so. it's not like you're a foreign entity entity in the Big Twelve either. Yeah, I mean that's yeah they know you're a known quantity, and uh, and now we did lose. To, we beat them at home last year. Correct. Um, so we also lost to them up there. So I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't have a whole lot of hope for for Saturday for Saturday. But, I mean, they're going to play the game. I also didn't have a whole lot of hope for Monday night. I thought yeah, we'd, no, I thought I we'd win in a, in a squeaker. Monday was the uh, one of the definitions of surprise wins that uh, we were talking about yesterday of something I really mm-hmm. enjoy about athletics, uh, specifically tech sports, where it's a win you don't think you're going to get. Or if you do, you're like, oh, maybe a one, two-point win kind of thing, close game, but mm-hmm. in an absolute dominant fashion that you just sit back and go, holy cow. Yeah. Iowa State would I, I mean, be another one of those was a, on at, at no point in any time in the second half of that game was that game ever in question. And I mean, it was a matter of how much you're going to win this game by. I mean, they got this; they got it to seven one point right at, coming out of the half, but that game was really never in question as to whether Tech was going to uh, keep Kansas at, at bay. I mean, they, Kansas just didn't have the horses um, to come back and 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 uh, to stay with Tech. That'll be a different scenario this weekend with uh, with uh, uh, Iowa State playing out at home in a, in a. Now, what you could hope is that it's a sleepy early morning crowd, <laughs> you, uh, you know, and and that they are uh, they're looking forward to something else. But I mean, an 11 a.m. game at uh, at Hilton. I mean, 
uh, they're they're still going to be lubed up and ready to go. Tech just needs to go out there and play a game and 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 don't be sleepy yourself. This is not a place where you can you can have a slow start and and chip away no. and get yourself back into it because that's fifteen thousand people that all hate you. Yes, and everything about you. Uh, I'll, yeah. I, the way I feel about the Saturday contest with Iowa State, there are there's one person in this building already that has said he's got a good feeling about it, and one person who said he's got a bad feeling about it, and I've got a hide under the covers bad feeling about it. I, I just don't think it's going to be. I I, I think it's going to be a game that we'd have to really play well to win. I just don't know if we're going to be able to do that. Well, Sneed, I'm going to let you get back to your busy Kansas City lifestyle and all the things that are going on there with the College Baseball Hall of Fame. And we will talk to you next week after Texas Tech takes care of business this weekend on the Baseball Diamond. Yes, sir. That does it for Sneed. We'll be joined by Josh Fapple on the way. It is the bottom line on 100.7thescore.com. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Two more hours of the Bottom Line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff in for choice is now sitting alongside Josh Falpel. How you doing, man? Been long time no see for the listening audience. Obviously, we've seen you all week. It's uh, from behind the scenes stuff up here, but uh, you were in Spain. I was in Spain. Um, I have to ask this question for my sister. Uh, is, it about, is it about the rains in Spain? It is about the rain in Spain, and did it, in <laughs> fact, fall mainly on the plane. It did, in fact, fall mainly on the plane. Well, there we go. So I will pass it on to her. Um, it is very important information. Because, I don't know how I knew that was going to be the question. Because but... you are a musical genius, sure, as the case may be, and... I am a lover of, unfortunately, musicals because I was bred that way from my mother. Um, uh, also joined by Clint Scott, who's across the way, sliding sides, pushing buttons for us on the program as well. With you being in Spain last week, yes, and this being your first show here this here. week, yep. you have not had an opportunity to discuss your thoughts on the Super Bowl. I have not. So where would you like to start? Pre-game, game halftime commercials post game overtime yada 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 um i or parade i mean that that has now been news today as well uh it, i my consumption of the super bowl is going to be very unceremonious i was not really happy of the circumstances with the super bowl kind of full stop like i mean it's both of these teams are running into fatigue territory for me like the pa- patriots ruined dynasties for me sure so even it not post patriots because they were still going on but latter half last few years of legion of boom i was like all right i'm done this is whatever um, well, you know that seattle and new england weren't in this super bowl no not this super bowl right but but i mean we're I'm getting just making sure but <laughs> the past few years it has been the discussions have been top of the nfc 49ers top of the afc we talk about Buffalo and Chiefs, but it's not really the case, is it? Well, this year was Baltimore. Yeah. There was a lot of discussion with Baltimore this year. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, up until... It wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Clint's there, like, he's bumping his eyebrows 
I mean, Why basically, you basically if you don't acknowledge every it, word. The only people who know are, know are us, and we don't care. Yeah. We can just ignore him. Yeah. Look, I cannot see Clint. I do not know what he's doing back there. It's not that complicated. Yeah. So, I mean, I <laughs> I didn't have... Uh, there's also a few other things that, like, I know. So I'm I'm in marketing. Like my my one of my roles here is in marketing and stuff. So I keep up with uh, like trends and all that stuff. And one of the things that's be, I think becoming apparent. It's not falling as fast as I thought it would, but Super Bowl commercials are going to get worse. If you have have had any thoughts that they're getting worse, they're going to continue to get worse. Because of like uh, backlash, social media backlash can cause cost companies money. So sure. like, so my enjoyment of the Super Bowl, like between fatigue, between Super Bowl commercials getting worse, between I I muted the Super Bowl. I, I enjoyed watching the game for like the second half of the game, and I just thought the first half was so boring. And uh, yeah, I mean that's where I'm at. I I thought the last two minutes of the Super Bowl and overtime were. Very exciting. They were exactly what you expected. I had no doubt in my mind the Chiefs were going to win, so I fully didn't care almost the entire time. Yeah, that's where I'm at with everything. Okay. So the next stupid question is there wasn't a commercial that you liked, apparently. <laughs> I yeah, like that the way you made the Kansas City Chiefs just kind of sound like Thanos, like it, they're inevitable. I mean, does any? I, I would like anybody to tell me that they – once the Chiefs beat the, I don't want to say, I guess the Bills. Did you really, like how, what percentage would you have given the 49ers to win the Super Bowl? Once it went to overtime, did you have any doubt the Chiefs were going to win the Super oh, Bowl? Oh, once it went to overtime, I was very confident. Yeah. And then that was even before they said, yeah, we'll take the ball. Right. And yeah, then they so did I mean, say, we'll take the ball. And I was like. The longer, right, the, here we I, go. The closer we got to the end, obviously the percentages start going up, the thoughts start going up. But I, I mean, once the Bills were out, once I mean, once the Chiefs were in the playoffs, honestly, after they beat, uh, I, I just, I don't think anybody like really thought any different once at past a certain point. Now I will say that that confidence was there in overtime. That confidence was not there. Uh, first half of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was gonna say for me midway third quarter to the start of the fourth quarter, it was a uh, more just anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not like Kansas City was scoring on every drive. No, it wasn't. They had one touchdown in the game, and that touchdown was off of the drive where they recovered the the muffed punt. Mm-hmm. That was their big success on offense. Was after that drive. It was after the after the uh, yeah. After finally had something go their way, that was the that was the point. the The Valdez Scantling touchdown. The here's a special teams turnover. Here's a touchdown. And it helps to feel you know when you get a lead, but still, sure, that was the moment <laughs> that I was like, oh, but okay. it was field goals. Other We're good. than that, that was the lone touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. until overtime. That was my point. But it's that's like like, like, like you could see this. the momentum. Yeah, that, that that was the the point when the the switch went the other direction. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Because then, like, my, my thought process, as soon as that happens, like, even if the 49ers go and answer this, you are in for a back-and-forth game, and that's ultimately what you got. Blocked uh, extra point, massive. To answer your question, I the the Oreo Twist commercial I thought was really good. 
the uh, make you make your decisions based off of which uh, off of the twist. I thought that was clever. It could have been, and I say could have been, because they forgot somebody that if they would have put in that scene and had him pick up the Oreo and twist it open, then I would have lost my mind. Okay. They did not have Teddy KGB. Okay. Just pick up the Oreo in and twist and say, call. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> All they would have needed is John Malkovich with a shaved head sitting at a poker table picking up an Oreo, and we all would have known what was going on. We know the tell. We watched the movie Rounders where he plays Teddy KGB with a Russian accent that is terrible. Absolutely horrendous. And say, bad judgment, and pushes his chips in the center of the table. That would have been the keynote for that commercial, and they <laughs> missed. Okay. So, like, I'm not mad at the commercial. Like, I, you know, you can't have a perfect commercial anymore. Sure. But that would have gotten as close as we have gotten in quite some time. That would have been up there with the Betty White Snickers commercial. Mm. Or the Darth Vader uh, auto automatic start commercial. For the Honda, I think. I think it was a Honda that had an auto start and the Kid Vader suit. You know oh, what, yeah, uh, that was a good one. You know a commercial I haven't really heard much about, but I was cracking up the entire time? The Duncan commercial? No, I've heard plenty of that one, and for good reason. No, the Michael Sarah Sarah V commercial oh, yeah. was hysterical. Yeah, I loved that one so much. Coming up, we will uh, continue the world of sports here on the bottom line, maybe. And I say that because it's the return of Take versus Take on a Thursday. It is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. That music can mean it's time to bring back an old friend bottom line it is take versus take josh and i are your combatants with clint scott asking the questions josh are you ready i'm ready i am ready as well clint are you ready oh i'm very ready yes then take it away sir all right as uh, the mc i will tell you i have two baseball questions okay and a video game question for okay. you gentlemen Okay. Josh, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I'm also going to let you pick baseball one, baseball two, video game of how we go in order. Uh, Okay. Let's do baseball two, baseball one, video game. Perfect. That's exactly <laughs> how I had it written down. <laughs> As he reorganizes his sheet of paper. <laughs> no, all right. So I obviously just... you're, you're starting off your baseball season on uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I was going to say on Friday. It's Thursday. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. at Globe Life. I want to know, plain and simply, what is the best part of attending a baseball game? Oh, man. Okay, actually, you just went John Harris after I asked that question. I do have an answer for this, actually. This is not so much the case for me anymore, but I imagine people will really resonate with it. My favorite thing is I used to go to high school football games and stuff like with a with a guy who was very into it and stuff. We, we went to playoff football games, like all that stuff. I am just a sucker not so much anymore because there's not so many options for me, but I am a sucker for ballpark food. So 
that's my answer is the best part of going to these games is like, yeah, the, what, you know, the seventh inning break is great. The, all the stuff in between the mascot runs, all that stuff is fun. But (laughs) for me, it's the ballpark food. What do you, what's, what's the go-to? Well, man, I can't tell you how many, how sick I got on, on uh quarter hot dog nights, dollar hot dog (laughs) nights, man. I, let me tell you, like I said, it's not many options for me anymore, but well, now, I mean, at least days, you still get what nachos now. Yeah, nachos are still oh, good sure. and stuff. But nachos um, are a standard. And if you're at a semi pro or a pro game or something like that, like the the loaded nachos are still great and stuff, <clears throat> you know, like there. Not gonna lie, Josh has a great answer for this question. He really does. Because ballpark food is in its own category of food. But I think I got a better one. The best moment at a baseball game. And I have experienced this once in my life. And I will never forget it. I got tickets to a Rangers-White Sox game. I had six of them. Took two of my friends. My dad and my sister went. And we we had a blast. And we're walking down to our seats. And we're about halfway down the first, uh, the lower deck. Just past the first base bag. Like, we're just past the infield dirt is where we're walking down. And we're not near our seats yet. And my dad says out loud, Wow, these are really good seats. And it's that moment when I knew that we were still getting better seats than where we were. And I was taking my dad to a game where he got to say that. The game at that point didn't matter. That moment right there was the greatest thing I've ever seen in a sports complex. All right, so... Taking your dad to a game. There you go. Oh, that's okay. what, I, mean, that's I, was what like, I was... I was like, what's the answer? That's what I was <laughs> looking taking, for. Taking your dad okay. to a or, game. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. Treat, that was what I was yeah, trying yeah. to... Getting okay. to treat your dad yeah. to a game. Okay, okay so I will... I, J- Jeff will get the point. Just barely over food. My family's lucky that I'm picking family over food because <laughs> enjoying a game with someone else, uh, especially if there's something special about the the father son baseball game. It's almost like a rite of passage for yeah. a lot of people. And the number of games I, that he just, takes you to, yeah. Like like even like my sister, who does not care about baseball. When we go to baseball games as a family, watching the Royals get beat up on, it was still a blast. We'd cry our tears and then go to Denny's. Uh, all right. Jeff up one to nothing. Baseball question number one, since we went to one video game. Uh, If you could play a pickup game of baseball on any field, and I mean any field can be real, can be from a movie, from a show, can be a classic stadium, whatever that means to you, where are you playing a pickup game of baseball at? This is so hard. Yeah, there's a lot. Because there's two. Oh, there's two. Never mind. There's Not a lot. Two. There's a lot there's for only me. Two. There's, there's two only two. I take it back. They're on that level that if you got to play on that diamond, that the whole time you're sitting there going, I can't believe we're getting to do this. The cornfield in Iowa, the sandlot in California. I'm going to go the sandlot on July 4th with the fireworks. Final answer. Bravo. 
I was really curious if that would even get brought up and you actually picked it as your answer. All right, Josh. Yeah. So I'll take the other side of what he said. Uh, you know, but that's hard, man. It is, yeah. <laughs> and I'll take the other and specifically because if I'm an 80 year old man and I get to suddenly not be that, that would be awesome. So <laughs> with playing baseball with, that was Kevin Costner, right? Well, mm-hmm. well, not with him, but you know, like, uh, anyway, if I'm an 80 year old man and I get to play baseball on, yeah, that field and stuff, uh, and suddenly not be an old man, that'd be awesome. Are we going to have to split a point? No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I was, Jeff is going to win because I, I, that was my answer. I was actually confident that my answer was not going to be brought up full stop. And, like, not only that, you brought up the other fictional <laughs> field. <there. laughs> like, I, I wonder what the split is. Because I could totally see this being, like, a 7-30 split the other direction. But mine would mine would have been the Sandlot. Yeah. And so I didn't expect either of you to even... I thought... I I expected Field of Dreams. Sure. I thought maybe, hey, let's Yankee go play... Stadium, yeah, play at the Yankee Stadium. Stadium. I mean, yeah, any of those. Like that, mine, well, see, mine... These are the two answers that probably exist almost in totality with me because I didn't grow up really like I didn't really grow up on baseball, but I grew up on those movies. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's those are like my answers. All right. Josh is trying to avoid the sweep. He gets the first crack at question number three in honor of the new college football video game trailer being released. One of us is very excited behind the glass. Summer cannot get here quick enough. Uh, I will be gone, by the way, the next 48 hours after that game is released. You will not hear from me. (laughs) What video game were you the most excited to finally come out and get your hands on? Halo 3. Oh. Uh, You didn't even... No, I didn't. No, and... and It's fine. You didn't even need to think about it. uh, If you're not a video game, -er, that's fine. But the thing I need to explain to you is that... Bungie, who was the original developer in charge of this video game, not sent, has not, it is not currently the case, but they were the original uh, developer in charge of that game. Uh, they had the the best marketing campaign for a video game, full stop. And I still go back and watch these. Like, uh, there's three videos, five minutes each. I cry during one of them. <laughs> it is like so moving. It's called the Believe Campaign. And uh, there's one where it was announced at E3, Halo uh, Halo 3 was announced E3, and there's just this soft piano music when the protagonist of the game comes up, and it just, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, and he just shows up, and it's just magnificent. Yeah, Halo 3, I there was no greater lead-up. Um, I could not wait to play that game. This is a a hard question for me to answer because I almost don't play anything new. Almost everything I've played has been out for a while sure. that I you know, re- read a bunch of reviews about or that I stumble upon a YouTube video and go, holy cow, this is the coolest game ever, which mm-hmm. is kind of where I'm at on my, the current one I'm on in DCS. But the last game that I bought closest to its release um, was still probably three months after it came out. I cannot tell you how I, how excited I was walking into Toys R Us with my mom oh, and my $25 to get Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm. I I don't know that my feet were touching the floor. 
<laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I was going to be the first one of my friends that had it when I went to go get it. My And it was the middle of summer when we finally got it. So we were already planning the slumber party at my house and playing Super Mario Brothers 3 all night long. I mean, this nice. is on the Nintendo that I still have and this cartridge today. Oh, wow. That still works. That was as excited as I've ever been able to get a Nintendo cartridge in my hot little hand as a kid. Mm. You have a guess of who won the point? I, no, it's fine. <laughs> Halo's a better game than that. But, again, I don't ever get anything. like Sure. I DCS was seven years old before I started playing it. Yeah. Well, Jeff, congratulations on your win. Josh, you do avoid nice. the sweep. Yeah. Hammer or sword? Uh, I'm a sword guy. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't as good with the hammer. That's no, why. <laughs> I was awful with the hammer. On the way, here on 100.7 The Score, it is the question of the day, which Josh will bring us on the bottom line. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Just need the star power now to kick in and then the flying and then we're good. Like that's, this is how that year after it came out went in my house can i tell you something that's like so impressive about these 8-bit video games like the music for these so um you heard the halo uh before we left for break that's probably like hundreds at least dozens of you know instruments stacked on top of each other and stuff like that the these eight bit games like the Mario stuff that is four that is max four instruments that can uh-huh. play at any given time. So I just think that's incredible, and that's for all of the games. So as big as it sounds, if it ever sounds just like jam packed and loaded and all that kind of stuff, that's just four, four instruments that could ever play at the same time. I just think that's incredible. That's uh, actually my ringtone that I never hear. Because I'm it's on vibrate yeah. all the time, <laughs> but it is also my alarm. And as I was playing it, I was like, oh, I started to get like, bad oh. and I was like no, <laughs> I don't want to wake up. I didn't I didn't mean to do that to right. myself because I like that song. But now I think I've conditioned myself to be a little annoyed when I hear it. <laughs> mine's the mine's the Pokemon theme for my wake up. The, the original Pokemon, theme. the original. One. Yeah, a jam. See, I just have a, a buzzing, a, a, a beep, 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 beep alarm that, yeah. you know, that's all I need it to be. That's I don't need smart. it to be anything yeah. other than that. I've always done just like a generic ringtone. Usually oh, something I, yeah, something soft, something oh, not yeah, yeah, very okay. uh, yeah. very aggressive. No, I need something aggressive. I need something that, something well, that will force me to get moving. At four in the morning, yeah, I imagine. I, yeah. I need something to get me out of bed. That's yeah. fair. Actually, now I'm thinking about when I was doing four in the morning. It was that was probably the only time it was slightly aggressive, just well, to make sure. But other than that, typically it's like, all right, what generic one kind of has like maybe some soft bells or like birds. strings? Yeah, like a crow. Well, no, no I mean the <laughs> iPhone one has birds in it. <laughs> it's the, uh, aggressive, it's like an. Like I right, almost want, get up. I almost want the like World War Two air raid sound. Oh, okay. As an alarm. That's for four for four. Okay. That's still too, a little aggressive for me. <laughs> I don't need to wake up in a panic at four <laughs> yeah, in the morning. Right. Hey, anything to help me get out of bed, man. I'm not going to be upset about uh, this thought off the eight center chat line before we get to Jamie's question of the day. 
From Bullfighter, know exactly what Josh Falpel is talking about. Still get chills when it comes to do with anything Halo. Yes. I should bring my Xbox up there and have a Halo tournament. Finish second with one kill to go out of 16-player tournament back in the day. Nice. Nice. I used to be uh, fairly competitive uh, when it first jumped on the the online space. Halo Uh 2, I was very competitive. Halo 3, not so much, but Halo 2, I was very competitive. I would say I was very competitive with my feelings. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was. Uh, <laughs> I was fine. The problem is I was always with like people that were good, actually really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And so I would just like fake my way through it and just like follow them around a bit. Like, hey, do you want to drive the warthog around and uh, maybe I get on the gun? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do I can't I'm not so much on the online space anymore because of that. Like people spend so much time and I'm just like, man, I I just I, just I have a job. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Mean, I, listen, like I, I play a lot of video games. I still have a job. Okay. <laughs> I still have a dog. I still have things that need to be done as an adult. My job is not to play whatever game I'm currently playing. This is what I do for fun to wind down. Or wind up, as the case may be. What do you say we get to uh, Jamie's, not Jamie's, question of the day? Time now for Jamie's question of the day. Brought to you by someone not named Jamie. Take it away, Josh. Every time that comes on, I'm hoping to hear Brennan's voice just because it's so funny. That one that we heard. Out of nowhere. We just weren't expecting it. And it was, Jamie's question of the day brought to you by someone not named Jamie. All right. Gentlemen, uh, so as we had a Super Bowl segment when I first came in and stuff. Uh, I'm sure this has been addressed a little bit before, but I wanted to get your opinions on how we are going to think about Andy Reid at the end of his career. So right now we're kind of in that Bill Belichick space because, you know, he's obviously not on a team this coming season. He That may not be the case next season. He may still find a team. Mike McCarthy found a team after being out for a year. Um, what? Yeah, that that's the question. What do you think... Andy, let me phrase it. What's his legacy? Basically, yeah. So are we going to end up thinking of him as the best to ever do it, like we're thinking about Bill Belichick right now? Because the odds are, or circumstances are completely in his favor. I mean, unless the contract really starts catching up with the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes, he has Patrick Mahomes, which, uh, I mean, is a lot to have, right? I think Andy Reid is going to be a lot more Mike Holmgren than he is going to be Bill Belichick. I don't think he's going to outlast Pat Mahomes, but Mike Holmgren left when he had Brett Favre. Like he he went to a different team; he didn't retire. But not many coaches leave in the middle of a legendary quarterback's tenure with a team. I think Andy Reid might. So we may be having that conversation while Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, how are how do you think we're going to end up thinking about uh, Andy Reid by the time he retires? So with this type of question, um, I, I look, and I hate to make this comparison because I hate this conversation, especially this time of year. Sure. Um, but when you think of the Mount Rushmore of, of NFL coaches – You've got Lombardi up there. Yep. You've got uh, Tom Landry up there. You've got Bill Belichick up there. Yep. And then you're looking at Don Shula. You're looking at uh, Joe Walsh. Not Joe Walsh. Uh, 
Bill Walsh? Bill Walsh, thank you. you were you going no, Joe no. Gibbs and Bill Walsh yeah, together? I might, I might have been. You've got Joe Gibbs that are fighting for that third, that fourth and final spot. And depending on which generation, I think, really focuses you on where that is. Because then you've got, there's also uh, the Steelers uh, uh, coach for forever before. Chuck Knoll. Yeah, Chuck Knoll deserves to be in this conversation as well. Four thank symbols. you. So there's four coaches that are fighting for the fourth spot. I think Andy Reid's behind that group when it comes to the Mount Rushmore discussion. Okay. Bill Belichick is on that mountain. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think Andy Reid, when you look at everything encompassing him, and that factors into all the success he's had with all of the quarterbacks he's had, that factors in his extremely ranged, deep, Look at the forest coaching tree okay, that gotcha. he has. I was like, where are we going with this? But okay. I think he will have a more lasting effect on the NFL that goes generations of coach deep that all lead back to the Andy Reid coaching tree. So it, it's a little, I don't, he's not going to make my top four, but I think he's going to have a greater impact because of how he does things that will impact. Eventually, every team in the NFL. I'll add on to this just before we get to Clint. I think I also think he'll have a more successful coaching tree than Bill Belichick will, as far Here, as like he might have the most successful like coaching tree other than Vince Lombardi. Hmm. Good, Clint. Yeah, he's already on my Mount Rushmore, hmm. um, and I think you'll see that dig into more. And part of that is two very successful tenures. You have to go back into also what he took over for the Chiefs and instantly found success before Mahomes and then took it to another level. Um, and the re the reason, cause the coaching tree was where I was going to go, uh, part of that. And then you also do total super bowls right now. And I think you will add at least one more to that tenure before he's done. Um, if I go Mount Rushmore, they have to be the best at something. They have to go. He was the greatest at this. And I think he is the greatest offensive mind and creator to do it at a coaching level. Cool. Those are great answers. The, the, and the reason this came up at all is because of one of the graphics that came up in the Super Bowl. Is like it, it was towards the beginning. It was, it was, of course, Tom Brady and all of his numerous accolades and Bill Belichick and stuff. And then it was Pat Mahomes and will Pat Mahomes ever catch Tom Brady and stuff like that. And I started thinking about it from that perspective that, well, Andy Reid's, you know, the probably the next name you would think of of who's going to catch old Bill. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.